Welcome to another episode of the Everyday Talent Podcast. Hi, everyone. So this is technically not your typical episode in the podcast. On today's episode, what I'm going to show you is a preview of the audio guide that accompanied the two that I recently released, A Better Bucket List for Independent Creators. I'm really excited about this too. It's a first time that I officially released a tool with so many resources accompanying it. I've taken three years to polish this tool. If you've been following me from day one in my coaching practice, you know that last two years at the end of the year, I also released a free tool and I've kind of tested it out with the audience and their usability and their user experience. And basically, I didn't know at the time, I wasn't really consciously doing it, but what I end up doing was every year I refined it a little better. And now I finally have kind of like official product to uh, launch and show you, which I've titled A Better Bucket List for Independent Creatives. This tool is a 12-month planning tool that supports independent creatives in their practice. It's designed specifically in mind for people who are self-employed, freelancing, or they have an independent creative practice alongside with their full-time employment or just employment in general. Uh, a caveat here is that if you are currently someone who creatives who have a full-time job and you're like, does this apply to you? This applies to me? I'll be honest, this too is really for people who are kind of managing their practice on their own. And so you, while you can still use the tool and I'm sure it will apply to you to a great extent, there might be some questions in there that is specifically reserved for self-employed people. So if you're okay with that, feel free to use the tool. And especially if you're someone who have like a full-time job and then now you have a different link that you're developing that can eventually grow into an independent practice, I also encourage you to use the tool. Today on the episode, I'm going to give you first two sections in the audio guide that will illuminate on the introductory section and as well as the section on flexibility and boundaries in the tool. And the full tool is a 32 pages guide with lots of reflective questions ways to evaluate your goals and ways to refine your goals and put the plan together for the next 12 months. And accompanying that is an audio guide ranging from 10 to 15 minutes to each for each section. The whole tool is available for purchase. I will put the link in the show notes and the whole tool costs, you're going to be surprised by the pricing, $15 USD. That's the price of you what you will pay for a fancy planner. But instead, you're getting this personalized, highly designed coaching tool to guide you to plan for the next 12 months. Be mindful that you might be picking up this tool any time of the year. So really similar to undated calendar or plan like a notebook. It's not a tool that you need to be used in starting in December or January. You have the flexibility there. In fact, the whole tool is there to enable you to have more flexibility agency. I don't want to go on. I'd rather just show you exactly what the product is. That's precisely why I'm doing this preview. So here's the preview of the first two sections in the audio guide that accompany the planning to a better bucket list for independent creators. And remember, the purchasing link is in the show notes. Enjoy. Hi there. Welcome to the Better Bucket List for Independent Creatives planning tool. As we begin, I want to just thank you. Thank you for taking the time and the space 
to intentionally craft the plan for your next 12 months in your independent creative practice. Oftentimes, when we are meandering aimlessly, a practice can feel like just another toxic job. And that's not what we set out to do when we are starting our independent practice, aren't we? So I think you being here already says a lot about your awareness that your practice deserves some attention and some strategic thinking. And now is the time for you to take that intentionality and make some conscious choice around your time, the kinds of projects and opportunities you want to attract and work on, your financial well-being, and your creative fulfillment. And I've named this to a better bucket list, recognizing that sometimes when we're planning, we're often coming off all sorts of bucket lists. So this is a guide for you to tailor that bucket list to your independent practice. And along the way, I give you some tools and framework to feel more supported rather than not knowing where to look and what questions to ask. In this introduction for the audio guide portion, I won't go into the nitty gritty detail of every single question in the guide, but rather give you some anchors of how to use this guide so that you can maximize your experience. As you have the guide in hand or on your computer, you realize that this is a 32 pages guide. And if your mind immediately goes to, wow, that's a lot. I want you to take a deep breath and know that while it seems to be a lot, I'm sure when you peel the onion layer by layer, you'll be fine. And there are some core anchors and sections in the guide that before you know it, you'll be already in the middle of it or by the end of it. So don't worry about the length. And the whole point of me providing you this audio guide is so that you support it every single step along the way. And by the way, did I mention that you should be getting some accountability emails as you enroll in this journey. And through each of the email that you get, you'll be reminded the different section in the guide. The first advice I want to offer you in using this tool is to take it at your own pace. There's really no right way or wrong way with using a tool. At the end of the day, the tool is there to serve you. So for some people, it might look like taking one extended space in your calendar and go through all of this thinking and intentional planning. For some people, it might look like following the section by section, divide up by day by day, and you might even have fun with it and allocate one afternoon every week to take one section in the next month. And for some people, they like to know exactly what's in the guide for the first week and just skim through and jot down some quick notes and then come back. And for some, they like the digital version and for some, they might want to print it out and fill it out. All is well. Whatever that you choose, as long as you're using a guide to serve you and you're honest about your journey and where you're at and the answers that you put down, then you're using it the right way. The last thing I want you to focus on is the shoots, like how should I approach this? 
don't worry. If there are some ways to help you guide through thinking about the reflection questions included in the tool, I will be included. I will be including that either in the written guide or in this audio guide. So, the second thing that I want to tell you in this audio guide is some anchoring frameworks to look for the guide. In the guide, you find that there are essentially five sections, but actually six sections because there's a section zero. The guide is anchored in four dimensions of your creative practice, which I want to encourage you to think through as you craft that better bucket list for the next 12 months. And there's a section zero at the beginning as some warm-up exercise and a section five at the end to put everything together and chisel some magic dust at the end so that you have plan for the next 12 months. The four dimensions that we are going to go through are the four layers of your creative practice that invite you to think intentionally about the four dimensions are flexibilities and boundaries, or some might say it's time and energy. But I really wanted to use the word flexibility and boundaries so that to enhance or point your attention towards what does flexibility mean in your practice and what does boundary look like in your practice. Section two, we're going to dive into the ideal opportunities. Some of you might have clients, some of you might work contract to contract or project to project, and some of you might have customers. Whatever the types of opportunities that is, what's the ideal types of opportunities you want to attract in the next 12 months, and what will put you in the best position to attract that? Section three, your financial well-being. An indispensable layer of your success and your creative practice success. How do we think thoughtfully about your financial well-being? so that it's uplifting and true to your values. Section four, we will dive into creative fulfillment. You started out this creative practice because you want some kind of creative fulfillment. Otherwise, you wouldn't have chosen the creative path. But along the way, it is so easy to neglect your creative fulfillment. And so we are going to bring that into your attention. And last but not least, putting everything together, we're going to craft that plan with success metrics that you can measure both qualitatively and quantitatively. The third thing that I want to mention in this audio guide, in anchoring you to prepare you for each of the section, is that a good goal encompasses two things. One is the goal itself. Second, it's a way to evaluate it goal. So in this planning tool, I provided a framework that you see recurring in each section that will help you evaluate whether this goal is solid and actually serve you. The framework is called DVF framework. It's actually a design thinking framework that usually use apply to business planning or business design. And the letters DVF stands for desirability, viability, and feasibility. Let me take some time to walk each of that dimension through. Desirability gestures towards, do you actually want something? So in the terms of goal setting, 
deep down, do you actually want this goal enough for you to act on it? This is a very critical question because a lot of times when we set goals, there's a lot of shoots that's going on. So for each section, when you come up with that goal, I want you to ask yourself and reflect, take a step back and ask, is this something that I want or is this something that I want just because of the external expectation or comparisons with others or that's something trendy to do in this year and time? Second layer or second bubble of the DVF framework is viability. In the business context, viability means is it going to be viable in the long term? Is it going to sustain the business and all that? So apply that to your own practice and your career. Viability in this term, in this case means it's going to be sustainable and actually worthwhile to do in the long term. Something that has short-term gains, sometimes not viable in the long run. And if it's not viable, it does not have a long-term impact. One must ask, is it worthwhile to do? So for again, for each the, the goal that you come up with for each the section, I encourage you to look in from the lens of viability. And don't worry, I have some prompting questions there. And the last bubble of the DVF framework is feasibility. Feasibility, I would say, is the easiest to understand among the three. Feasibility literally means, can this be done? Sometimes we shoot ourselves in the foot and set a goal that's too over the moon. Sometimes we set a goal that's too outside of our control. And in either cases, we might need to adjust that goal scope, or we might need to clarify what kind of resources or how I need in order to make this goal actually feasible. This combination of desirability I want this. Viability is sustainable and worth it. And feasibility, I can do this. Together in a Venn diagram, the center of that Venn diagram is going to be that golden goal that is going to set you off to success. And I want to gently remind you that sometimes uh, a goal might not hit 100% in each of these three dimensions that I just mentioned, but it's still worthwhile for you to pursue. So it's really just there for you to evaluate, okay, maybe this goal is a little less visible. It seems very ambitious, but I really desire it and it's very viable and has a lot of impact in the long term. So I'm still going to set that goal. Which brings me to the next comment, which is you have the agency at any step of this tool to decide which way you want to take a goal. I'm just here to provide you a tool that guide you along the way. In fact, I would go so far in saying that this whole tool exists so that it supports you to reclaim your agency over your practice. Too often, we are succumb to pressures, external expectations, internal self-doubt, and lots of other noises that get thrown in our way when we advance our career in our independent practice. So taking this step to make intentional choice, bring awareness of how you're feeling, what you're sensing, and how you're doing along the way, and hone in a plan that you feel great about to take forward and take action is a way to claim agency and choices in your practice. I can't wait 
for you to start this journey. And good luck. I will be providing guidance and support for you for each of the section. Welcome to section one of the Better Bucket List for Independent Creatives. Section one focuses on flexibility and boundaries. Or you might call this time management. But again, I really want to focus on the keywords flexibility and boundaries here because those two things are so much so not just qualities of like our independent practice, but oftentimes motivations for why we started our independent practice. I think we all know the feeling when we were starting our independent practice with self-employed freelancing, whatever setup that is, that we want sometimes flexibility. And flexibility can mean different things for different people. It can mean time flexibility. It can mean uh, workload flexibility of the kinds of projects that we take on. And same as boundaries. Boundaries can manifest mostly in time, but also other things. It can be relationship boundaries that we have with our clients or customers. It can be boundaries that we set for ourselves. Boundaries that we have towards our internal voice of self-criticism or imposter syndrome. So really, when we talk about time, we mean something that's more interconnected to everything that we do. And hence, that's why I named this section Flexibility and Boundaries. And in this section, you will see that there are questions that ask you, how would you design your week if in the ideal world? And what does your current work week look like? Really, this question is to get to you in a place that you're aware what's the gap between your current state in terms of how your week is structured and the ideal state. And I just want to put a gentle reminder there in case that like you're using this tool and you're like, well, ideally I work one day a week in the, I'm giving an extreme example. I know you won't say that, but what I want to remind you is that like, this too, at the end of the day, is to support you to uplift your creative practice. And while I understand that we might want to minimize the number of hours that we work, especially if you're using this tool at a time of burnout, which I want to validate your experience and validate. understand that. I want to encourage you as much as possible, anchor yourself in a space of like, in the ideal world where I do love my work and I want to continue working, what would your week look like? And that is going to help us help you so much better when we try to tease out what's the real gap and what's within your control to close that gap. Notice the wording there. You're going to hear this wording again and again as we walk through this planning tool. What's within your control to close the gap between your current state and your ideal state? I want to emphasize this what's within your control because at the end of the day, there are things in this world that are outside of our control. But recognizing what's within our control is what's going to give us agency and us retake action and improve our relationship with our practice by what's focusing what's within our control. It will give us that up, upward spiral that we see that, yes, I can indeed manage my practice in an intentional way. So going back to this topic of flexibility and boundaries, once 
you identify what's the gap between your ideal time structure and your current state. You see a question where I encourage you to think about boundaries and recurring flexibility. I want to unpack a bit about why I emphasize the phrase recurring flexibility in the tool. In a previous episode of the podcast called Five Truths About Self-Employment, I've shared that flexibility in our independent practice is only meaningful when it's recurring. What do I mean by that? If I have flexibility, if I say if I'm a freelancer and I have flexibility in between a very busy schedule, I mean, like I work free contracts with three different clients and my flexibility is like sometimes on the off chance that one client allow me to have a break on one day, I get to do some personal errands, but that's really not within my control and it doesn't really happen often, but I still do have that flexibility because I'm not working on nine to five. When you hear that scenario, what comes to mind? I think what comes to mind for me is that that flexibility then in the long run is not very meaningful. We often conceive flexibility in relationship to the conventional nine to five job. So meaning if you're confined to a nine to five, you don't have flexibility. And if you're not confined to a nine to five, you have flexibility. But that's not true, isn't it, in practice? You can have a lot of flexibility even if you're a 9-to-5, and you might not have flexibility if you're not careful and not intentional about your time. So flexibility, if we're really going to value that in our independent practice, we must envision it in a recurring way. What does that look like? It might look like every Friday afternoon you're off. Off to do whatever you want. It might look like Actually, my favorite workout time is lunchtime, and I get to do that. And that's a recurring activity. It might look like a simple statement of, I value, my, I prioritize my family in this season. And so whenever there's a family commitment, I prioritize that over work. That's a recurring flexibility commitment. So... In that question, I really want you to delve into not just thinking about the flexibility of like the irregular, the off chance, the squeezing between two appointments, but flexibility in terms of like something that you can possibly see yourself sustain as a habit and as a, some sort of practice in your own practice. And when you think about boundaries, I want to encourage you to think about not just boundaries that you set with your work, with your clients, but also boundaries that you set with yourself. What do I mean by that? So sometimes it's not enough to just say, well, I work from 9 to 6 or 10 to 6, that's it. It's also boundaries to that voice that's sometimes creeping up in your mind and say, well, do I need to work more? Have I worked enough? Am I underperforming? A boundary that you set with those voices about permission to break and permission, best. So boundaries, again, can manifest in the physical world of like, you know, our physical schedule, how that looks like. And also, may you call, may we say the metaphysical, the internal. It's in the combination of those two things, the concrete, and the internal, or you can say the external and the internal, 
that we see transformative changes happen with and capacity to set boundaries and sustain them and you sustain them in a way that then you have recurring regularity and recurring flexibility. So go forth and take some time to reflect on the questions in this section and you will land on a goal that is actionable to give you some examples of what might look like for your goal in this section. It can look like I want to, from now on, work four days a week. Or I want to improve my ability to rest and avoid burnout. For both of those examples, they sound perfectly great as a goal. And there's no really right or wrong answer in which way you go. At the end of the section, we will have a goal evaluation mini section there where I encourage you to take a step back at the initial goal that you set and evaluate it according to some prompting question against the DVF framework, desirability, viability, and feasibility. Then you're going to take another step, or I encourage you to take another step in refining the goal that you initially came up with. Sometimes there's no adjustment needed for your initial goal, and that's all good. But if there is, there's another, there's the space they provide you in the tool to refine it so that it's something you want, something doable, something that's sustainable and make an impact. So have fun with this section. I will see you in the next session where we dive into your ideal opportunities. I hope you enjoyed that first two sections in the audio guide for a better bucket list for independent creators. You can have a copy of the printing tool and access to all the sections of the audio guide right now by uh, clicking the link in the show notes to purchase. Through that purchase, you also be enrolled in an email sequence that keeps you accountable on the way. Because one thing as we know is that sometimes we get the tool, but we forget about it and we lack the accountability to complete it. So I got your back. I've designed that along the way. This is also a soft reminder that this is truly the final episode of 2023. From this point on, I'm going to take a one-month break and we'll be coming back at the end of January 2024 with refresh energy. I'm going to travel and take some time with my partner. I hope that as you listen to this, you're also leaning into the space of giving your permission to rest. I'm wishing you all the best as you celebrate holiday season with your loved ones. See you in 2024. And thank you so much for your support in 2023. We'll see each other in the new year.